This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? We're going to news podcast. My name is Salman Lee at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. Here, joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. Before we start, uh, we're going to do some, something different today. We're going to do some more house cleaning at the top of the podcast, uh, just so our listeners can, you know, go, go ahead and get their, go ahead and do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher if you have not already. I know a lot of you guys listen to the podcast through that link that we tweet out every time. But if you could subscribe to the podcast, that'd be better. Uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Uh, that helps people find the show, and it really does help us out here. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I just figured we do that at the top of the podcast. We might still do it at the end. We'll see. It really depends on how the flow of this thing goes. Um, have you seen this new thing on Twitter about brushing your teeth? What are you talking about? Um, okay, so apparently there are these people that that exists on the internet that like wet their toothbrush after they put their toothpaste on. And like, in my opinion, this is like serial killer behavior. Like you wet your toothbrush before you put the toothpaste Wait, on. That people, people wet the toothbrush first. Isn't that the way you do it? No, I put some toothbrush on there, then I give a little spritz and then put it in the mouth. So I'm those, I'm that serial killer. So, according to you, you're one of these people. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. I don't think there's. I mean, I know that we need to have like a fun little 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 tete a tete, little detente where we yell each other, but no, I, I think mean, it's fine either way. <laughs> it's not even that, man. Like, I just, this is this is a concerning to me because I saw this on the internet and like I just like it, it stopped me dead in my tracks because I was like, this is the right way to do it. I do it like this every single time, and like. It gets you the right texture on the toothbrush. The The toothpaste is meant to... It's already wet anyways. The toothpaste is already wet. You don't need to wet the toothpaste. It's and not wet. It's it, it's not... It's not like water in it. It's toothpaste. It's like a... Like a... Like a it, calcium sludge. I mean, like, it's basically water. I mean, like... It, I dare you to drink toothpaste. <laughs> well, hold on. Stay okay. hydrated with toothpaste. Okay, so if you had a cup of toothpaste and that falls on the... On the that's wet. You, your carpet is now wet. Uh, I don't know, I guess. It's sloppy, mostly. I would definitely use water to clean it up. I don't know, I just think you, you wet the toothpaste, you you wet the toothbrush first. Like, it's just, like, the the fact that, like, you and other people on the internet are, are doing this, it's like, it bothers me. Because, 
like we do it this way for years and like like i, I don't know i don't know like this, this is, it's it's just wrong it's just wrong because you're wasting time the, the, you, there's no need to wet, to wet the toothpaste. It's, it's the same amount of time. It's the same. Uh, some people go in dry. Okay, we should we should pick the real enemies here. Some folks just don't use water on their toothbrush at all. They just cram that like ashy pile of chalk in their mouth with no concern for human dignity. Well, well th- those aren't people. Those are animals. Okay, well, we're civilized human beings. We can have a conversation about this. Like, the, there's a, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. And the right way to do it. Is to wet the toothbrush before. If you t- if you tell me you put your milk in your cereal bowl first, I'm gonna lose my mind. That's the right way to do it. Oh my god, that's I, the you, that that's the common cause. You that's why you think this way. You want to have the liquid on there before what you're trying to smooth out. I mean, like that's it, weird. It's just a mess the other way around because then the, the, the everything splats. Like you don't want that. You don't want the mess. Like it's just better. To to put the milk in, it just it just all sits on top of the cereal. You just get a cereal raft on top of the milk. Well, that's why, why do you, you want that? That's why you mix it. That's why you mix. You have a spoon. Mix it. You have a spoon. Mix it. You're mixing it. That's the mess. You're making the mess. I'm not. I'm not making a mess because the everything's already inside the bowl, right? And what you're doing at that point is just stirring it. You're not doing anything different. You. I mean, like doing it the other way around. That's just sloppy. You're stirring your cereal. Don't you see what's happening to you? Don't you see what you've become? Just I mean, pour the milk on top of it. I mean, the the milk is going to become the same flavor as the cereal by the time you're done eating it. So you might as well start at the top. What? Who wants to eat a bunch of spoonfuls of only dry cereal? I That's mean, a it, nightmare. It's, it's not going to be dry. You're stirring it. You, you're... Stirring it. I mean, I, I don't... This is a nightmare. I feel like we've become enemies in the last five minutes. I mean, you're wrong here. You wet your toothbrush before you put the toothpaste on, and you put your milk in before you put the to- the cereal in. We're just going to let the, the court of public opinion and also the sum total of human history thousands of years from now decide which among us is the monster and which among us deserves a place amongst the titans. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, like, everybody agrees with me. Like everybody's listening to the podcast right now. Like they just like they've turned on you, Forrest. The minute I, the minute you brought up you brought up like that you were one of these monsters on the internet that that was that was putting that, that was wetting their toothbrush after they put toothpaste on, even though you don't need to wet your toothpaste in the first place. Like that's when they've turned on you. Like I I, feel, I guarantee you, somebody's already turned off the podcast because like you, when they heard you say that. Like, like the, the, that that probably already irritated someone to the point where they exited our podcast. I think that once everyone on Red Nation Hoops discovers what you do with your cereal, it's over for all of us. I think you've doomed this website. Well, you mean eat the cereal the right way, the correct way? Is, is that what you're ta- referring to? We'll, we'll let the people decide. We'll, we'll, we'll check scoreboard. I'm calling scoreboard. All right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm right on this. Um, I'm, I'm gonna make a poll. I'm gonna make a Twitter poll. We're gonna see. All right. Well, don't tweet it till the end of the podcast, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and <laughs> yeah. retweet it. Um, Fantastic. Right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into some news news items. Uh, so Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer wrote a column on the Spurs the other day, and um, I want to be clear when I re- I want to repeat what he said word for word. So I have the quote right here. Um, 
There have been whispers, mostly on social media, about whether LeBron James would consider the Spurs because of the mutual respect between James and Popovich. Now the coach of the U.S. men's basketball team, so he's talking about Popovich, but I've con- I've consistently heard from multiple league sources that LeBron currently only has four teams on his list. The Cavaliers, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the 76ers. And I think after this this came out, uh, after this quote came out, I think I think like you know LeBron's camp did what LeBron's camp does. They they you know they knocked it down. They denied it. You know like let us wait. Yeah. Let let us worry about free agency when free agency approaches. You know that usual stuff that they do, which is the right way to do it, right? Yeah. Like this, you're supposed to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And what, this quote isn't really different from what we've heard all year, right? Like these are the four teams that I feel like. It, it, that we've discussed all year, the Sixers, the Lakers, and the Rockets. Uh, now, the surprising thing is uh, Kevin O'Connor here is d- denying the Spurs uh, connection, which uh, might be the the only thing that's surprising about this. But this is more smoke, man. Like, this is more smoke onto the, 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 a lot of smoke we've heard all year about the the Rockets and LeBron's camp being connected. Um so what's your feel on the situation? Do you feel any stronger about the about the possibility after this quote than you did say a few weeks ago? Um I I I don't know. It's a good question. I kind of am reserving judgment on all this until we see how the season plays out because I think it's going to have a huge effect on it. Yeah. Uh, I think how the Cavs season ends and how the Rockets season ends is going to be a big deal. Uh I I don't know. It depends. I think that if he wants to stay in the East, he's, I guess, going to go with the Sixers, which is an interesting choice. Uh, I think the people may be making too much of his desire to stay in the East. I mean, you don't, you don't know him, <laughs> you know, unless you, unless you find reports from trusted sources that say LeBron doesn't want to leave the East, then why would, you know, there's not necessarily reason to believe that we can put things on him. We can say, Oh, well, if you're smart, you stay in the East, so you can get to the finals every single year. But We've just decided that's what he thinks, and we don't know that's what he thinks. I mean, just because he's always been in the East doesn't really mean anything. He's only been to two teams, the team that drafted him and also his more or less his hometown team, and then the team he went to because his best friend cleared the decks for him and his other friend to go there. So I I don't think that we can confidently say that being in the East is like the big draw for him. Uh, and we can say, oh, you know, but if he was smart, yes, but you, once again, you don't know people's motivations. Uh, they might disagree with what you think is smart, too. Players and pundits disagree on stuff all the time. Well, I'll say this. Uh, he's de- LeBron's definitely benefited from uh, playing in the Eastern Conference, right? I think we can both agree on that. Uh, seven straight trips to the finals, uh, played against uh, teams that just weren't on his level, and I, I think I think we could both agree that he's that he's definitely he definitely has some motivation to stay in the East. And uh, there's this there's this funny thing a couple weeks ago. I think it might have been last week where uh, Adam Silver was talking about reseeding the playoff format, and LeBron kind of completely shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like uh, a lot of people speculated off of that quote that oh yeah he's staying in the East. He's saying, and I don't think that's necessarily true. If you watch, no, the, I think he's a, a traditionalist. Yeah, he's just kind of a stick in the mud mostly. Yeah. If if you watch the video, that's the kind of vibe I got. Like like, oh, uh, I like rivalries. I, I like the way it's been like this, whatever. Um, and and, and um, to some extent, I think a lot of that is is overrated. But um, I I do think there is strong motivation for him to stay in the East. I, I like we don't know what he's thinking. You're right, we don't know, but. There is definitely a motivation there. 
Yeah, I mean, being in the East makes his has made his trip to the finals every year a whole hell of a lot easier, is the way I would phrase that. What he thinks about that, whether he agrees with that assessment or not, or how, and or how important that is to him, uh, is between him and his God. So we don't we don't know unless he says it. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this: whether or not LeBron considers the Rockets or not, the Rockets will chase his services. Like, like that's oh, happening. Yeah. 100% that's happening. If you have any doubt about it, I mean, just, just look at the summer. Like, it, look at any summer in recent history where Daryl Morey has not chased the, you know, the big name free agent. Like, that's that just doesn't happen. I feel like this is an underreported story, but I mean, the Rockets did inquire about LeBron in 2010. Like, they tried to get a meeting with him, right? Yeah, and, why wouldn't they? Yeah, like, yeah. like, like 20 other teams. And, and, and they got shot down because the Rockets weren't in any position to compete in 2010 but there's there's interest there man like there is a lot of interest there daryl will try to go after lebron like that's 100 percent happening like there's no doubt in my mind that that's happening and there's definitely a lot of smoke at this point now like linking the two parties uh if you remember like and i feel like a lot of people have forgotten like sam amick came out came out with this big report at the beginning of the season uh linking lebron the rockets like yeah. And Amick is one of the three most credible reporters in this sport. Like, that's, you can't ignore that. It's going to take a lot, but I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of smoke there. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, or I'm not saying um, it's likely at all, but there's, there's, it's, the table is being set. That's what I'll say. It's on the table. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's go over what he gets by saying, by going to each place. So I, if he goes, if he stays at the Cavaliers, he uh, it, that's kind of I guess the easy option, the safe option. It's a uh, he gets familiarity. You know, he knows that, that Cavs fans will love him forever. There's a certain type of legacy he's gone to accomplish if he stays with the Cavaliers. That's the pros. Do do we want to lay out the cons? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of cons there. That's that's an ugly situation. Uh, well, well, the, the, there's another pro. I'll say the Nets pick. The they, the Cavs do have the Nets pick, and that could be used as a leverage play. Um, should LeBron want to stay, and the Cavs, let's just say, trade for a superstar level player, like that that's that's significant motivation motivation for him to stay, right? If they do that before before LeBron enters free agency, yeah. So they have to do that, like in the draft. In that case, right? They have to acquire a superstar in the draft. Uh, which may, yeah, maybe that's maybe that shows them what's up. Uh, I am concerned for them that familiarity may have bred a lot of contempt. <laughs> he he knows how the Cavs operate. He knows how Dan Gilbert operates. I do not think that is a. There's a lot point. of tension there. There's a yeah. lot of tension there, uh, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on beyond the scenes. Dan Gilbert has been reportedly interested in selling the team. This. Uh, I think it happened midway through the season when that report came out. Yeah, um, should <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's if you're gonna sell, you might as well sell now, right? Like right before LeBron leaves, um, and, and your value is at the highest. But yeah, uh, I, I understand what you're saying that that relationship has soured. Like LeBron did the Cavs a huge solid by going back, right? Like it was definitely a mutually beneficial thing for him to go back. But he did the, the Cavs a huge, huge solid. But I think, I, I think, as you said, patience is wearing thin. Like he wants to, like he's chasing MJ. Like it's no, it's no secret. Like that's he, he, he's chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, and he wants 
that fourth title. That, that's going to go a long way um, in, in doing that for him and, and forwarding his legacy. So, I mean, I just don't see a situation, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back to, uh, to you know to the Celtics next year, like where he comes out of the East for much longer. Like it's it, it that that conference not is, on the Cavs. Yeah, that conference <laughs> is starting to get stacked, man. Like, I mean, if you look up and down, the Celtics, the Raptors, the I mean, the upcoming Seventy Sixers, like that 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 team, it, it's starting to get it's starting to get pretty. You know, like the breathing room at the top is starting to. We are very thin. Allegedly the Bucks. We'll see if they get there. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you, if you say something, the Cavs, he gets continuity, but there's a lot of downsides. Presumably the, going to the Sixers is kind of a compromise between uh, winning now and winning easy. Like, if he goes to the Sixers, they obviously become the, the favorite team in the East, like overnight, right? Right. The, there are those some concerns that they're kind of on a different schedule than him. They're a lot younger than him. He's... He may sell himself on it. Like I actually think that the Sixers are a bigger threat to sign LeBron than most people think. Uh, and he may sell himself on going there, but I can guarantee you he'll be he will not have as good of a time as he thinks he will. Uh, those guys are still young; they still have a lot of kinks to iron out. There's, you know, that's, they haven't even been to the playoffs yet. They still have to finish out the season and make it to the playoffs for the first time. I'll say this: like, like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons aren't that much younger than what. Kyrie was when LeBron first got there, right? Like it, it'd be a very similar. Yeah, but situation. LeBron's a lot older, right? Right, and and he, did, he probably doesn't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, but the, what the Rockets offer is his his friend uh, Chris Paul uh, and the shot at winning a title right away without having to do a whole bunch of messing around, without having to do a whole bunch of teaching young guys how to play. These guys know how to play. All they got to do is get him in there, roll out the ball. And have a very, very good chance of winning a title. Uh, and weirdly, though, I kind of want to like leave the Rockets behind for a minute and discuss what if, on the other hand, what if he decides that he, there isn't really a good chance of beating the Warriors? They're too resilient. They're too tough. He doesn't really care about that anymore. He's already won his rings. What if he just wants to have adulation to be an even bigger star than he currently is, just wants to kind of ride off into the sunset on his own terms? That's the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of his businesses are there. Uh, he has, I mean, it's been reported a thousand times. He has two houses there. Um, and um, it, that presents a lot of marketing opportunities for him. But I'll say this, like, LeBron at this point in his career is like a walking mobile. Like, it, like business follows him, not the other way around. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't have to go to L.A. To, to, you know, to explore his marketing opportunities. The guy is already probably the most marketable uh, athlete in the United States. It's not even close at this point. No, but but that becomes like a uh, five-year-long working vacation, right? It doesn't matter if he wins games in Los Angeles. It doesn't matter right. what he does. He just has to be there and like mentor the young guys and uh, just kind of be the elder statesman of basketball and the most popular team in the world, bring them back to enough relevance. You know, they'll always make the playoffs, obviously, and they'll win some rounds. And even if... Even if he's, it's not enough to get over the hump of like, you know, uh, Golden State, Houston, whoever's whoever might be, or during those years, the big stumbling block, you know, they'll be credible, and he'll have a uh, he'll be able to just kind of go at whatever pace he feels like, and kind of do whatever he wants. I think there's a real draw with that. I think people underestimate that it's not always just about winning a title. Like he might know full well that he's not going to win a title in Los Angeles and not care anyway. And like. When we talk about smoke with the Rockets, man, there is a ton of smoke with the Lakers. Uh, 
Like, I mean, well, we've been talking about the Lakers and LeBron all year, and for good reason. I mean, we already talked about the two houses there. And, um, you know, you, you got a Rich Paul client under contract with the Lakers this year uh, for a significant amount of money. And uh, I, I don't think that was by accident. Like, that was definitely by design. Uh, Magic is definitely trying to court LeBron. Like that's like <laughs> really? they're, not, they're not even being they're not even being you know soft subtle about it. They're they're being completely blatant. Uh, they're taking their fine hits. They don't care. Like they're they're gonna court LeBron in full fashion. Like he's definitely gonna get a meeting with the Lakers for sure. Uh, there's also a pattern with LeBron of kind of taking over teams and organizations that he goes to. I mean, he he butted heads with Riley and Spolstra in Miami about this. He he kind of tries to be the boss of the whole thing. He he kind of wants to coach. He kind of wants to be the GM. He's he's that kind of dude. He he knows everything and wants to do everything. So if you want to just railroad an organization, what better choice than the Lakers who will just let you do it? Right. I mean, you can't think of it. I mean, that's not going to happen in Houston. Like Daryl is not going to let him do that. Well, and I want to ask you a question, which I think you'll agree with me on. Does it make a difference what happens with the Rockets in this offseason? In what sense? Like, di- like, would it matter which round they lose in or if they lose at all? Would that affect LeBron's and Houston's decision-making, do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think if, if, the, if the Rockets lose in, in the Western Conference Finals to, to, to the Warriors, that will be a complete different situation than, than if they outright won the title, right? Like, if they won the title, it's just a bad look. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I don't care. Like, again, like, I don't care where free agents go. Uh, like, I, I didn't care that Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Like, I mean, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the effect that it had on the, had on the league. But I mean, guys are gonna kill LeBron if he goes to a team that just won the championship, or if he goes to a team that he lost to in the finals or something like that, right? So yeah, I do think there's a difference there. Yeah, I think I think it makes a difference. Like I said, and more importantly, the. Uh the angle of it, the the uh, the optics of it. That yes, if they lose to the Warriors in the conference finals, they're obviously very close, but not quite there. And I think it does make that makes a lot more sense for him. Houston becomes the win now team, like the serious win now team to go to. If they somehow flame out before the conference finals, I I don't know how that. I'm not predicting that, but if that were to somehow happen, I think that would also negatively affect it. You don't want to just. I mean, unless he feels like he wants to go there and, like, save them from themselves. But I do think that if they were to make it to the finals or, heaven forbid, actually win the finals, it would it really does lower their chances of getting LeBron. I think it just makes it hard to, to justify in this environment. And he obviously cares about legacy. Like, I think right. we've seen LeBron, uh, you know, say a lot of things about how he's going to be remembered in this league. And so I think it does make it hard. Though, let me put that out, this out there that, if you went to Daryl Morey and said, you'll win the title this year, but you won't get LeBron James, do you take that deal? He'll take it every single time. Oh, that's what I'm at with LeBron stuff, is that I've become distracted from LeBron to Houston type, like smoke and fire tracking, because I think the Rockets having a much better season than expected has made that a like complete back burner issue for me. Yeah, but it is kind of crazy how we always keep coming back to this. Like, right? Like, I feel like, like our podcast has suddenly become LeBron Warriors and like everything in between. Like it's it's become like <laughs> it's become so such a center center pillar of what we talk about with the, with this team, um, and it's going to be there up until this free agency and until we get these questions answered. Like it's it's crazy. It, it's so crazy how this has become 
a viable destination city for LeBron James. Like that's especially if you consider where where the Rockets came from two or three years ago, right? Like it's it's yeah. they they're so far ahead of where they were then. And we should probably mention that it's going to take more than any of these other three teams, uh, cap wise, cap gymnastics wise, to to recruit LeBron. It's going to be much easier for LeBron to go to these other three teams. Than the Rockets because the Rockets would have to do like if, if they renounce everyone and like if they find a way to get rid of everybody and keep keep James Harden and sign Chris Paul to his presumed max like they still won't have enough space like they still won't have enough space they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do an opt-in trade style thing like they did with Chris Paul like it, it, it's gonna be really difficult like it's gonna take a lot of parties to to agree. The Rockets are going to try, man. Like, as we said, like, Daryl will try, like, without question. Uh, yeah, and I think, honestly, all that matters is that LeBron wants to, if he decides he wants to go to Houston, he's going to end up in Houston. They'll, they'll find some way to make it work. I mean, we've, pe- many people smarter than me have gone over the ways in which it can actually happen, mostly involving finding a way to move Ryan Anderson. So, right. And uh, that, and that opt-in trade is probably the most viable situation for him. I mean, yeah. unless, unless Chris Paul decides to take a significant pay cut, which I don't think is happening. No, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to be into that. He already kind of did. <laughs> That's right. in, in opting uh, in, this uh this summer he already took a haircut on that so he's already done his work there no i i I think they'll figure it out that's honestly the least of my concerns like we've seen so many times over the last several years that smart actors in the nba will figure out a way to maneuver around the cap in a way that'll get them the player they want and some team all it takes is one team helping them facilitate that all it takes is somebody who's willing to take ryan anderson on He'll have what uh, two like two years on his contract at that point. That's right. not so bad. And this is different than Carmelo Anthony in that the Rockets would be willing to throw in more sweeteners for LeBron James than they would yeah. for Carmelo Anthony. Yes, right? <laughs> absolutely. Right, like they they more than willing to throw in more draft picks, more assets, more anything if to get LeBron James than they would be for Carmelo Anthony. Right. Um, but yeah, in other news, the Rockets finally lost a game. They finally lost a game. The streak is over. Um, they lost to the Raptors on Friday night in a very competitive and exciting matchup against a team who I think is comfortably the best team in the East right now. Like I, I think I think most fans generally agree that if they were going to lose a team, lose to a team, this is a very worthy team to lose again, lose a streak against to. Absolutely. I mean, the Raptors are a team that that most people don't pay much attention to, despite the fact that, as you said, they are the best team in the East and. I've been banging this drum for a while. I'm glad that other people are finally getting on board. It's just looking at their their numbers, looking at their record, looking at them play. It's so obvious they're the best team in the East. And you can have as many qualms and as many reservations as you like. But uh, and you can say, oh, until they prove it in the playoffs doesn't really mean anything. It's going to take a lot for them not to just kick the crap out of everybody in the first two rounds. Uh, yeah. the, the the Raptors are really good. Uh, the they're not hated, which is nice. So when they did beat the Rockets, it seemed like most folks were like, "Hey, good game. See you June." Right. Like I think the Rockets are like the Rockets and Raptors are kind of on the same plane, and that a lot of people dismiss them. Like they're not. They're both of those teams are well, maybe the Rockets are, but the Raptors are definitely not hated. They're just kind of overlooked because of their playoff yeah. failures, right? Um. And I'll say this: the, the the Raptors are awesome, as you said. 
And you know, what? I, like I'm gonna say, I'm with you, man. Like I, I think, I think they're coming out of the Eastern Conference this year. Like I, th- I think this is the year. Um, like, like the Cavs, I, I don't think they have a shot. Like I, I did, if they do, this would be LeBron's like seminal accomplishment of his career if they get out of the East this year. Like it'd yeah. be, it'd be right up there with being the Warriors. Like it's, it's just. Yeah. Other than LeBron, that Cavs team sucks. Yeah. And him dragging that carcass of a team past a really, really great Raptors team would be impressive. And a tougher is, Eastern say, Conference than he's, he's dealt with before. Yeah, and more importantly, a tougher individual team. Like, right. this is the toughest team that's been in the Eastern Conference the entire time. He's People are underestimating how good this Raptors team is. They'll say, like, oh, well, the Raptors always do this. No, they don't. They've never been this good. This is better than they've ever been. And not only that, but they're so far ahead of the pack. They've never been way ahead of the pack in the in the East. That's not been the case in this whole good Raptors run. This is a different animal. That's a legit team. Like the Rockets versus Raptors is not just a pipe dream finals. It could actually happen. Right. And we do this dumb thing in sports where we're just because we haven't seen something happen, it means it's not happening. Like, or it's impossible. Like, that's so stupid. And we don't do it with anything else in life. Like, if the weatherman on, on TV tells you there's a hurricane coming to your town, like, you don't doubt that guy. You pack up and go. Even if a hurricane's never hit your town before, you're not going to doubt that guy because he's an expert in this field and he's telling you, like, all the data is suggesting that the, the, this hurricane is about to hit your town. Right, like, like you, we don't do this with anything else. Only sports do we assume just because something hasn't happened means it won't. That's dumb. That that's a dumb way to think yeah. of things. <laughs> um. Anyways, I'm getting I'm getting off topic, but uh, <laughs> it was a really good game. It was a really good game against a team really that game. I think most uh, Rockets fans and most hardcore NBA fans in particular respect. So that was that was a fun watch, even if the Rockets nearly lost. Right, like the the Rockets are uh, in are still in a good position. Uh, the, that that was a good game, but now the Rockets have a firmer gra- gap on that one seed from where they didn't than they did a week ago. The Ra- the Warriors lost to the Timberwolves on Sunday, and Rockets Twitter lost its mind because everybody knew at that moment, like the window was open, like the window was open to pile up on that lead that you had on top of the Warriors. You only had a half game lead on the Warriors. And this presented an opportunity for the Rockets to to pounce and get get a firmer you know firmer grasp on that first seed, and they do now. They went on to win their next two games, and now they have a one and a half game lead on the Warriors for that one seed. And what's worse for the Warriors is they're dealing with a bum a right ankle with Steph Curry, a broken finger with Clay Thompson, a bunch of health health problems with Draymond Green, um, and they're not. It looks like they're not even going to try to catch up with the Rockets at this point. Like it feels like they're conceding to Houston for that first seed. Like I, I'm not. They haven't come out and said it. They haven't, you know, like. But it, the vibe you get is that they're gonna, they're gonna value rest. They're gonna value all the other things over trying to wear themselves out to get this first seed because they, they have, they'd rather get healthy. They'd rather get rested for that first seed. Like they, it looks like the, the, the more and more time that passes. It looks like the Rockets are gonna come out of this, come out of the West with the first seed. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I think it's better for everybody if at this point they uh, they go ahead and just rest guys. Because if they start losing games and resting guys, that means the Rockets know they can go ahead and you know rest guys and not worry about winning games as much. Oh yeah, so I think it's better for everybody if because they don't really need home court so much, and if they think there's not they're not really gonna be able to uh, to get it without 
casualty, then you know they can go ahead and I guess be the bigger man as it were and just just say good game and then start the resting process. Then Houston can do it too, and both teams can go ahead and make sure they're really ready to go for the playoffs, which is going to make the first couple rounds a total crap show because if the Rockets and Warriors are both like rested up, healthy, and ready to slaughter everybody, three through eight is going to be bloodied and beaten and battered. This Western Conference race is crazy. Like every single night, there's a game of significance on. Like it's 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 nuts. Like I haven't seen it like this in quite a while. Where like ten teams are battling for seven spots or whatever it is, like six six spots, right? Like and like every game seems to hold some sort of significance that the past game didn't. Like whether it's a tiebreaker situation, whether it's a you know, like we want to get half a game lead on this on this one team, like whatever it is, like it just seems like all these teams are so freaking hungry to get in the playoffs, and all all of them have some sort of incentive. Like we talked about this on the last podcast, all these teams have some sort of wavering thing in the off season, like questions up and down. Like if the if the if the Nuggets lose, like do they keep Mike Malone? If the if the Thunder lose, like do they keep Paul George? Like like there's all these. There's all these things with, with with all these teams trying to make the playoffs. Like, you know, there's a lot of incentive and a lot of angst. Like, it, it, it's just it's just a bloodbath out there. They're going to be so injured and tired by the end of the regular season. The Rockets and the Warriors are going to slice through them like a hot knife through butter. I know that sounds like calling a shot to say, but... Rockets and Warriors are totally unconcerned right now. They cannot fall. Like They could technically fall to the third seed, but it is only barely technical. They are very, very close to mathematically clinching a top two seed, both of those teams. They are going to rest and get healthy. They are going to be ready to come like refreshed and hungry. And the rest of the, East, the Western Conference is going to be busting their butts just to get there. I think the first, the first couple rounds against the two elite teams are going to be horrible to watch. Right. Uh, I'll say this: the Rockets, like now that they have this, I guess, like I guess you could say it's more of a cushion with the Warriors because they have the tiebreaker and they have one and a half game lead. Uh, so it's kind of yeah, like a, it's two losses. Like a, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a two loss and a loss column lead, right? And um, like they should try and rest their guys, like down the street, especially Chris Paul, because Chris Paul, like going into every postseason, it always feels like he's hurt and. Like that's the guy you can't afford to lose. That's you, that's your big free agent meal ticket. Like you got to you got to keep that guy healthy and rested for the playoffs. Same with your other guys. You got to keep uh, your old guys like Nene. You got to keep uh, you know Harden. Like all all these guys, you got to keep them rested up. Now that you have firmer grasp of the first seed, um, you can you can afford to rest a guy here and there. Much like what the Rockets did on I guess it was two days ago against the Spurs. Like they rested. They rested James Harden. I mean, that wasn't it wasn't against the Spurs. It was against the Mavericks. They rested James Harden, and Chris Paul was enough. Like they can do that against some of the lottery teams they play down the stretch. Uh, you know, they can intermingle. They can they can rest Chris Paul one night, James Harden the other night. Like they can afford to do that kind of stuff, and I think they should. I think they should. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of funny because they have the rest of their schedule is kind of wacky. About half of the uh, about half of the games they have remaining are against the Western Conference playoff teams who are trying really hard to make it. And they, I think they're going to try to... if they're Even if they're resting guys, I think they're going to want to uh, 
to play their guys against those teams because who could resist playing spoiler? Right. Uh, it's it's going to be... like They play a lot of playoff games down the street. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really entertaining. The end of the season is going to be really fun. Is there a, te- is there a team in that first round that worries you? Because i got to be honest, I'm at the point with the Rockets where, like, you know, there's there's, there's, there's a lot of people making noise about the Spurs being, a, like, a, a possible, you know, thwart in the Rockets, like, plans in trying to get to the conference finals. Like, I, I don't see it. Like, I don't see a team in that first round that could really give the Rockets any trouble. I, I, I'm at, and, I, and I was the guy, like, three months ago, Saying don't like don't forget about the Spurs like you you remember like you and you and Paul were on that island where like you guys were past the Spurs and I was still on that island like like wait till wait till Kawhi gets back I want to see when Kawhi gets back now I'm at the point even if Kawhi comes back they don't have any time to integrate him like we don't know if it's gonna be the same Kawhi and this this Spurs team just looks battered down like I just feel like this Spurs team poses no threat I don't see any other team. In the first round, that poses any threat. Well, how do you feel about this? Like, is there is there a team that worries you even a little bit? Uh, the individual man known as Greg Popovich concerns me a little bit, but I don't think it's enough. I mean, the Spurs lose to teams who are better than them. That's that's what happens. They can they they have a bit of a margin because Popovich is a great coach. Like, if we want to relitigate it, last season the Rockets are probably the better team by a little bit, a little bit. At that point in the season, especially with Kawhi out, but they still were able to overcome it. They can overcome some of that, but the Spurs are who they are. They just always get the best out of their guys. And if the best out of their guys is not enough to win a series, they don't win that series. They lose series all the time. It's it's just the way of life. So I think the Spurs ship has mostly sailed. You don't want to face the Spurs. This is my stance. You don't want to face the Spurs. And the Pelicans feel like a kind of a bad matchup. But even then... They're just a bit that it would be a pain. Yeah, and I don't the, think it would be a, a actual. I don't think it would be like a loss. I think it'd be a pain. Here, here's what I say: it. the only team that maybe like you could, I could maybe see the Rockets losing more than one game to is is maybe the Jazz. But I feel like the Jazz are, are like on such a roll. Like I think they're going to get past this eight seed region. I think they're going to get to like a fifth or sixth seed. So I think the Rockets will avoid them in a first round matchup. And other than that, like. You know, like I'm at the point where I'm looking past the Spurs, and maybe that's dangerous. Maybe that's maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But I mean, like I've, I've I gave the Spurs the benefit of the doubt for the first three quarters, and now now with this stuff with Kawhi, like I just it's just it's just weird down there. Like I, I don't know. Nobody yeah. really knows what's going on. Kawhi still wasn't back yet. Like he was supposed to come back against the Pelicans, and they have actual dysfunction, which is weird. Yeah, they're they're behaving like a normal team for the first time in twenty years. Like 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 people look at the Spurs and, and like they're thinking this is like an abnormal situation. Like no, this is what normal teams deal with. Like the Spurs for the past twenty years have just been abnormal. Like this this is what a normal like this kind of superstar drama like that that's that happens in most NBA teams. And like the Spurs are getting their first taste of it, and it it's just weird. It's just weird to see. If the Rockets lose to the Spurs in the playoffs, they did, it's they an have abject earned failure. Every bit, yeah, they've earned every bit of ridicule they get. Like right. the Spurs, they're a much better team than the Spurs. They should not be losing to them. Right. I'm not going to say it can't happen, but they they really shouldn't. <laughs> they really really shouldn't. Right. Like I I just think we're, we're like the Rockets should be past that point. Like Zach Lowe was talking about this on the Low Post today, and we t- we've talked about this on our podcast. Like the the Rockets at this point, like. 
they they should not only be expected to be to make the conference finals. Anything less than that is an abject failure. And I think the Rockets would even tell you that. Like I I think they would even tell you like yeah we're way past getting eliminated in the second round. Like that can't happen again this year. Like you can't have a game six situation again with the Rockets. Like this is this is we're at that point where Rockets Warriors has to be competitive. Like it yeah. Like it's not only like we we have to see Rockets Rockets Warriors like Rockets Warriors has to happen and it has to be competitive. They have to take at least two games off the Warriors in the conference finals. The only team they can lose to is the Warriors, and they have to take at least two at least two games off them, probably three, or else the season is bad. Like if you lose to the Warriors in seven, you go home and feel okay about it. If you lose the Warriors in six, you you know you kind of fret about it. Anything else is a failure. Yeah, yeah, they can't lose to the Warriors in five games. They can't. Like, it's not enough to get to the war. It's not enough to get to um, the conference finals and force them to five games. Like, like they, the Rockets have done that. They've done that twice. They've done that. Yep. Yeah. Like, it, 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 they're past that. Like, they have to. They have. There has to be a competitive series. It has to be. Like, this is. Um, and, and and you know what? I think it will be. I I think it will be. Like, I I, I feel. I just. I get that feel when I watch this team. Like, they're. They're so goddamn hungry, and, and they want to silence a lot of the criticisms about their postseason failures. Like, I just feel like, like at the very least, we'll get that series. Bearing health, hair, health is the biggest thing, which is why I'm saying the Rockets should rest all these guys on the stretch. If they're healthy, they should reach the conference finals and make I mean, this a really fun series. Did you see that they announced that uh, Chris Paul was doubtful for tomorrow? And then that was I think so it was Fagan, it was, And then Fagan asked Chris Paul that. He's like, I'm good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't rest them as much as they, uh, as much as Chris and James will allow them to. Right. Like we're on the same page here, right? Like the Rockets were clearly going to try to put the rest Chris Paul at that point. Like yeah. they, they were going to pull off the, oh, he has a sore knee thing and rest him. And I guess Chris didn't get the message, or Chris didn't agree with the message, and we got that we got that funny video. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're not even they're not even being you know subtle about it. They're gonna rest these guys, and they should they, they they should look at the bigger picture at this point. They're gonna get the first seed. They're gonna they're and they um, it looks like they're going to secure that first seed pretty soon, um, if not within the next week. So you might as well try to be as healthy as you possibly can going into the postseason. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. Follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Noops and at Do Not on Twitter. Forrest, you working on anything? Uh, I'm working on trying to make it through another week right now. <laughs> I'll <laughs> let you know. All right, man. Good night. who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry and our keep stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time
Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.